The devil all the time is like really good gossip. He did what? Then what happened? No way! And I have to say that while I kind of thought it was trash while I was watching it, it stuck with me after the fact in the way good gossip does. It's like, this is a horrible story, but keep going. I must see how it ends. And like, whoa, that was incredible. It really, you know, it really did. It really, I was like, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to give this a rotten tomato. But the, I was like, boy, I'm really thinking about this a lot. And as you're about to see, I think there are some very good points for the film. And I actually, as you, as you can see, as you, if you head over to Rotten Tomatoes, I actually ended up giving it a fresh tomato. Uh, now, the original novel is described as goth, as a gothic crime novel. But I would say, at least the movie version is a gothic crime soap opera. It's funny because it has almost all male characters. Uh, but it's so it's funny to see that kind of story with soap opera, uh, with a soap opera spin on it, right? Uh, and speaking of the novel, by the way, did anyone read the novel? If you read the novel, I'd be curious what you think of the comparison between the two. But what really helps this movie is that it's actually narrated by the author. I kind of wish they told you that at the beginning of the movie, because I was like, who is this? Who has this amazing voice? Like, it sounds like Jeff Bridges or Tom Bodette. My parents used to listen to Tom Bodette audiobooks, uh, and he just has the most amazing voice. But so does Donald Ray Pollock, and he narrates his own story. And he's good. He's good, boy. He's really good, because that also makes it seem more like gossip, because someone's telling you this story. You're like, oh, tell me more. Like, this is bad, but I can't stop. Because uh, when you combine th that narration, strong production values, a really juicy soap opera story, and a heartthrob cast, well, you know what? That's good movie junk food. It's like McDonald's. This is the delicious McDonald's meal. So what didn't I like? You might be like, Grace, I only hear positives. Well. The characters in the film seem to have really the really unfortunate combination of the worst luck I've ever seen and then also making the worst decisions possible. Like so many times I was watching this, I was like, are you kidding me? And on top of that, they're often ridiculously blind to things that should be obvious to them. You're like, oh, it's like, like horror movie stupid. You're like, are you kidding me? And there are some dark, dark moments in this film. But that's kind of what makes it so delicious. Also. I have to give points off for this. This movie has some of the worst female roles I've ever seen. Like paper thin and only there to suffer as part of a guy's larger story. I was really offended. I thought that was bad. I was like, whoa, you know, to, to be a female character or an actress in this movie, bleak stuff. Not to say the actresses, by the way, don't do a good job with what they're given. And we'll discuss all the actors later on in this review. I actually, in fact, thought all the actresses really did the most possible with what they were given, to their credit. Except for one who I thought was miscast. But I'm getting ahead of myself. But speaking of the cast, this movie was produced by Jake Gyllenhaal, which is hilarious when you realize that it's like he's cast different versions of himself in all the roles that he could have played earlier, a little, just a little bit earlier in his career. Quite frankly, he could have been in this movie. Uh, and he would have fit right in, because he's cast four actors who are all kind of like him, Although none of them look like they're from the American South. In fact, Jake Gyllenhaal looks the most like he's from the American South than anybody here. Also, these four actors that he's cast are all around the same age, which is not only odd because we're supposed to see Sebastian Stan over the course of seven years, like a child actor grows up into Tom Holland and Sebastian Stan looks exactly the same, and you're like, come on. Uh, but also, 
You have all these guys in their mid their mid twenties to early thirties, and then you have Jason Clark, who's twenty years older than all of them, and he like totally sticks out. There's no range to make it seem organic or like you're looking at a real group of people. It's like a college production, and I guess their drama teacher, Jason Clark, who decided to be in this as well. But this is even if they're not particularly the best cast, they're still very four te- very uh, you know four very talented actors. Uh, and in fact, the cast adds a lot of heart and pathos to the story that allows you to connect with the characters and the story, even when things get really over the top. Uh, you're like, that's ridiculous, but I'm appreciating watching this acting here. It is like acting class. You know, when people pick an acting scene to do and they're totally, they, you know, they pick a scene that they're totally wrong for, or they're too young for, but you're like, but you still did a good job with it. That's kind of how it feels watching this movie. Like when the movie started, though, speaking of over the top, and I liked the map that they showed. It's a beautiful, it's visually a very, you know, attractive film. Uh, but I was like, really? This takes place in Knockham Stiff, Ohio? What a over, like, talk about being, like, overwriting something, right? But it's actually a real place where Pollock grew up. I can't believe there's a place that's not only named Knockham Stiff, Ohio, but that the state allowed them to keep that name. Like, I would think they'd get into a naming competition in the state about, like, just silly names. Uh, but in that regard, though, I do appreciate that this movie showcases what it's like to grow up in rural, impoverished areas, the lack of options, the constant danger, and why, as a result, religion is so tightly held on to. I think it's easy for us city mice to forget or not realize what it's really like for the country mice. So stories like this, I think, are really important. So let's talk about the cast, which is why pretty much all of you are going to watch this movie. So Tom Holland. While he seems, he does seem a bit miscast, to be honest with you. Both he and Bill Skarsgård have a very European look, but I will say that the way Tom Holland changes his body language, and you notice it immediately in the birthday scene where we see him uh, first, you don't see Peter Parker, which is really impressive. So I was, I thought that that was great. And he also has a few fight scenes, and I'm also impressed with the sharpness and ferocity of his movements. In fact, I would say that in the future, he could definitely do a John Wicker extraction type role I thought he showed that much potential with action sequences. He really surprised me. It was very good. I guess I shouldn't be too surprised because he has a dance background and he's been very good at striking the Spider-Man poses and the physicality of that role. But to see him do brute force action scenes, like there's one scene where he kicks a door. I don't want to give anything away. He was very cool. He was cool. And I know that Tom Holland has gone around talking about how worried he was about whether or not he could pull off the dramatic elements of his role here. But I gotta say, I don't really feel the script provided him with any dramatic moments. I mean, he comes close at points, and Tom Holland also therefore comes close, but he doesn't have any like, oh, this is the scene type of situations. But he definitely has leading man appeal. He shows he can do more than Peter Parker, and I think that he definitely achieves with this role what he wanted to, so I think that he was right to take it. Now, Robert Pattinson, well, I certainly couldn't take my eyes off him, and that's in large part because I couldn't believe that voice was coming out of that body. I was like, what? Uh, but he's, he's also miscast. He's simply, I think, too young for the role. Uh, I think maybe Robert Pattinson, when he would be Jason Clark's age, would maybe be a better choice for this. But I have to say, despite that, Pattinson still makes some really interesting choices as an actor, and he fully commits. But again, he's just miscast. Bill Skarsgård and Sebastian Stan have much smaller roles, but they, they, you know, they do nice work. You know, again, they're miscast. Sebastian Stan is supposed to age seven years and does not. But, you know, they, they do a nice job. 
Uh, Jason Clark, though, isn't doing anything we haven't seen him done before. Jason Clark could do this in his sleep, and maybe did. But his storyline with Riley Keough is very dark and perverted, so it really makes an impression. And I have to say, I do enjoy those kind of tabloid... Everybody does. You know, like a, a lot of really crazy, racy thrillers have done very well over the years. Because, uh, you know, and this their storyline has that particular combination. And also the way it's woven through the entire film and crosses paths with the other characters. That made it even more interesting. And I have to say, Riley Kilo's character has the most dimension of any woman in the, any woman in the movie. Although it could have been more... It could have been more. And I think to Riley Kilo's credit, she adds a lot of the dimension through her acting. Meanwhile, Mia Wasikowska and Haley Bennett. Haley Bennett looks very different here. Uh, I don't know if she gained the weight for the role or not, but it really worked. Uh, it was actually the best I've ever seen Haley Bennett do from an acting perspective. She, she seemed so sweet and lovely. Uh, but both of them managed to make really strong impressions in very small roles, like ridiculously small. Uh, but Eliza Scanlon, while she does a nice job acting-wise, she's also was someone who seemed to miscast to me. Interestingly, though, because she didn't seem young enough. She's supposed to be playing a high school student, and that she didn't come across that way to me, and that was vital to the role, so I would have cast somebody else. So yeah, you might not totally love The Devil all the time while you're watching it, but mark my words, it's going to stick with you. Uh, and also, you'll realize it has some very interesting observations in it and some pretty neat twists, I think, particularly in the final act, particularly. So even if you're, like, not having a good time the first two-thirds, stick with it. I think I think it is worth your time. I, as I said, it's mighty fine uh, cinema junk food. So that's my review of The Devil All the Time, which begins streaming this Wednesday, tomorrow, September 16th on Netflix. Uh, and again, as I just said, I do think it's worth your time. So share your thoughts down below, subscribe today, and of course, as always, you can check out some more videos right now. 